0: The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. This is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for StockEd. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Now, today we're catching up with Christian Easterday. Christian is MD of Hot Chili, who we've had on the podcast before. Hot Chili trades under the code HCH, last traded at $1.34 for a market cap of $148 million. Now, I think we all know by now that uh, Hot Chili is... uh, well, pretty much stands alone on the ASX as being, quote unquote, a junior, but with a, a major copper gold project on its hands in Chile, the Costa Fuego project. And uh, there's some big news out today, which I'll ask Christian to run through just in a moment. So we also know that uh, copper is uh, staying nice and strong, 450, 460 a pound, and the world is pretty much crying out for new supply sources to be coming forward. And if you are developing a mine, Chile is about as good a place as you can get, albeit there are some issues around uh, what the new government might be doing there, but we'll also get uh, Christian to give us a, a feel for what investors should be looking out for there. So with that, I'll introduce Christian. Christian, g'day. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thanks, Barry. Great to speak again.
0: Right Now, Christian, I think we should probably just start off with the big news out today, a resource upgrade.
1: Yeah, so a long time uh, in the making, uh, a very significant investment by Hot Chile towards upgrading our Costa Fuego resource, uh, which sits on the coastline of Chile, as you know. Uh, previously, the resource was was around 724 million tonnes, uh, split between Productora, our original uh, large open pit resource base, and our Cordadera Porphyry Discovery, which was uh, which about 18 months ago got its maiden resource of 450 million tonnes. So in that time, we've more than doubled the drilling into Cordadera uh, and we have uh, undertaken a, a pretty significant review of the productora resource. And in addition to that, added our first high-grade resource uh, in terms of a high-grade satellite at San Antonio. So the resource today outlines a 30% lift in tonnage uh, the combined cost of Figo asset now sits at about 927 million tonnes, indicated and inferred, at about half a percent copper equivalent. So, what that means um, in a nutshell is is we've moved to about 3.4 million tonnes of contained copper and, and 3 million ounces of gold in our uh, combined asset. Uh, the really big improvements we've seen in terms of the lift of indicated metal tonnes. Uh, Now over 80% of our entire inventory is in indicated classification and that's uh, one of the key targets that we had going into the resource uh, to achieve so that our pre-feasibility study, which we're forecasting to have complete in the third quarter of this year, um, has all of those tonnes available to maximise the mine life and the reserves that we calculate um, for the pre-feasibility The second aspect, which is extremely pleasing for hot chili, is the high-grade component of Costa Fuego's resource base has lifted by over 50%. We now stand with approximately 170 million tonnes of that 927 million tonnes sitting at a grade of just over 0.8% copper equivalent. So what that does is, is really give us quite a significant amount of material that will be front-ended into the mine schedule and uh, and produce um, very, very uh, attractive returns in the first 10 years of this multi-decade project. So um, very big achievement from the team and um, and great to see uh, even the contribution of our first high-grade satellite in San Antonio. Um, although, although it's small at the moment, 4.2 million tonnes at 1.2% copper equivalent, Look, um, that resource base in any other company would be mm. would, would be ca- commanding a significant market capitalization just on its own. But in the context of Costa Fuego with almost a billion tons uh, put together, um, you know, it's certainly going to provide some some early high grade tons uh through our mill, which uh which I uh, will uh, outline how that shapes up in the third quarter this year with our prefeasibility.
0: Okay. Now, with the resource upgrade, you've kind of ruined my second question because I did some research, as I always do, and I noticed an interesting slide out the back of one of your most uh, recent presentations where you talked about the market cap of the company representing 1.6 US cents a pound copper equivalent compared with about 6.6 cents a pound copper equivalent for peers, a whole bunch of peers around the world. Um, Now, obviously, that implies a major re-rate at some point. When do you think that will actually occur?
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> your, your guess is as good as mine. But, but what I think in life, Barry, is that value always rises to the top eventually. You know, we sit here in a very similar position to to, to where Craig Williams found himself in the last cycle with Equinox, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're treading a very very similar pathway. You know, last year we dealt with all of the the, the why knots with the stock. Um, we consolidated the register uh, back to 110 million shares. We saw the strategic investment from Glencore. Uh, we completed a TSX IPO, capital raising, and and listed ourselves over in the North American market. So, um, what what we really did was was start to completely reshape the company. We've now seen Nikki Adshead Bell um, join the board and 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 take on the position of chairman, uh, and that's really all about our pivot towards the commencement of project financing uh, later this year. So um we're now moving into the to the home stretch on our development timelines and you know i think probably where hot chili really stands out amongst the senior copper development space and that's a space which really only has four or five names now so in terms of you know the thematic um, with the copper sector looking for new supply and and really there are there are very few major discoveries occurring in the world as you know um but more importantly The timeframes it takes to bring on a major discovery into production are in excess of 15 years, and that's where Hot Chili really stands out from from all of the peers outside of the majors. Our our timeframes to production are the nearest term of all of those peers in the North American market. Um, We we plan to have our pre-feasibility complete in the third quarter this year and be in a position uh, to have project financing in place, and commencement of construction on this project in late '24. Um, so there, there are currently no other material copper developments globally that have that time frame. And that is all about capturing the beginning of this copper bull cycle. Uh, and uh, and I think that we are very well positioned. So, yes, to to be significantly uh, undervalued um, with our metal payload now at nearly a billion tons. Um, all of, the, uh, all of the aspects are there for Hot Chili shareholders to, to really extract significant value as we move through these final stages of development.
0: Now, um, in that same uh, presentation, the, I noticed it was uh, titled Timing is Everything, and you did run through a, a, a four or five factors that um, the obvious suggestion being that Costa Fuego's time has arrived. Can you just run through those for listeners who have not seen the presentation?
1: Sure. And look, I've, I've just uh, got off a 30-hour flight uh, coming back in from Canada um, where we saw you know, 22, 23 um, different groups over in Toronto and Vancouver. And um, look, the, the, the roadshow was very, very positively received. Our guys are over in, in Chile on the second leg of that at the moment. And, uh, and then we'll be over in the East Coast uh, next week um, in Sydney and Melbourne and marketing in Australia. But Look, Costa Fuego stands out um, in, in a number of respects. Firstly, grade. A- at the senior end of copper developers, the, the, the very large projects, upper tier two and tier ones, not very many of them um, that are going through development. In, in fact, S&P uh, states that there are, uh, you know, 10 developers um, sitting with, with over 1.5 million tonnes of copper um, that are at pre level level or, or more. Um, with lower operating uh, risk, and Hot is uh, a, a top ten by that by that standard. Um, top six, actually, when you remove some of the major projects in that development timeline, and and when you look at the key factors uh, that uh, generate a successful new major copper development, um, they always come back to grade and geometry, metallurgy, and infrastructure on grade. We are top five amongst the top 20 projects by size in the world. On infrastructure, we obviously sit in probably one of the most envious infrastructure positions out of the senior copper developers in that we are the only low-altitude major play um, in the pipeline and we're sitting right next to a port on the Pan-American Highway in a top three mining jurisdiction. Uh, With respect to to, uh, our metallurgy, uh, we've been very lucky to get very uh, good metallurgy, the ability to process our ore bodies with uh, salt water and uh, and not having to build a desalination plant or a very expensive water pipeline up into the Andes at 4,000 metres. It means that the metallurgy has meant that the project cost is going to be about half of the cost mm-hmm. of what it would be if it was in the high Andes. And lastly, on geometry, these are very doable deposits. These are not large-scale undergrounds um, in hard-to-develop jurisdictions at 600 metres depth. These are mostly open pitable deposits on the coastline. So those are really always the key factors that play into quality and value, and, uh, and then it becomes about timing. Um, big copper projects are built um, when the copper cycle turns on. Uh, in this copper cycle, there is a, a real inertia of new supply. Um, and I think, uh, I think in the announcement I referred to it, uh, the, the coming new supply is really a bit of a mirage. The closer we get, the more you realise that these large-scale projects um, controlled by the majors are really not coming on and not coming on in the timeframes that, uh, that some of the um, industry respondents I believe they will. And, and what that means is that as the world cries out for more supply, Um, there just isn't the response from the copper sector in this cycle so you know to be bringing on a 100,000 tonne per annum copper project with circa 70 to 80,000 ounces of gold um, produced annually you know which is a very material project a plus billion dollar revenue project annually um, you know that really is uh, the last of the five ingredients which is timing. Mm.
0: Just to put that in uh, context uh hundred thousand tonnes of copper and seventy eighty thousand ounces of gold. That would have been Oz uh, Minerals' uh, prominent hill in its heyday and uh, bigger than um, Sandfire's uh, digressor.
1: that That's exactly right, and that's mm. what has uh, has been over a decade of my life building. Uh, mm. we are building a new copper major for the Australian market. Uh, we are very cognizant that it is one of the leading projects in the Americas, the only low altitude play and and most importantly, we're very cognizant that these large new copper mines are almost always funded in the North American market, and that's really about our pivot towards uh, our dual listing, and also, mm-hmm. um, you know, having an extremely well recognized and talented chairman um, in Nicky Ad's head uh, taking over the, the head head role in the company. So, so yeah, um, I'm glad that you sort of said that because you do put it into context, and you realize that that this would probably make uh, hot chili. Um, when we get this into production, probably alongside Oz Minerals as, as the largest copper producer um, in the ASX outside of the majors.
0: Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, the the pivot towards the uh, uh, the Canadian market is interesting because. Um, This market, as much as I love it, um, does seem to have a fascination with high-grade copper. Um,
1: Certainly. You
0: know, if someone comes out with a 3% hit, it's off to the races. The trouble is, they might find 5 or 10 million tonnes. But a different business altogether, these big porphyries, when you get a billion tonnes or near on a billion tonnes in Hot Chili's case, you're looking at large-scale, long-term production, not uh, a five- to seven-year operation like you might get from a high-grade cop hit in Queensland. So...
1: Yeah, correct. And you know, if I was a if I was a junior announcing a, a four point two million ton, one point two percent copper grade on a, on a shallow resource that could be dug straight up in a pit, you know, I, I, my, my share price probably would have just done a couple of cartwheels. Um, <laughs> but uh, given that these things um, for us are really just about adding some polish to the front end of a of a, mm. of a really large project, you know. Um, we also realise that, uh, that um, you know, because of what we are, um, that those things can, can often get lost. But, but you, you provide the context and you, you talk about mm. you know, where a sand fire is in terms of metal production or an Oz Minerals is in terms of metal production. Um, we are not far off. Um, as I've said many times before, we are really trying to emulate what Equinox very successfully did in the last cycle, which was transitioning to production bringing on a material copper mine and, of course, the re-rate in the Equinox share price is um, you know, one of, the, one of the better re-rates of the past 20 years for any copper company, uh, well, for any mining company, for that matter. It would stand up there with the FMGs or the chalices of the world.
0: Mm. Well, I mentioned in the opening there's been some noise out of Chile about perhaps or maybe not uh, changing the fiscal regime there, uh, royalty regimes, that sort of thing. Uh, what's your read on all that?
1: yeah look it, it, a bit disappointing from from the uh, the clickbait media going on. Um, you know ultimately Chile is going through a process uh, for uh, constitutional um, for constitutional consideration on change. Uh, a people's congress has been put in place, and some one hundred and fifty one members are are going through um, a series of uh, of 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 thoughts on on what uh, what would bring about new constitutional change for the, for the bettering of the people in Chile. And, and that process is very healthy. It's, it's very good. Um, but it does mean that, that lots of wild ideas um, get proposed
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, and that creates a lot of headlines such as, you know, or no tomato uh, growing will occur in Chile, I think was one of the propositions. Uh, second proposition that all of the water would be taken away from the agricultural sector and the mining sector. Um, that wouldn't leave much of an economy left um for Chile
0: yeah, a few um, hungry people too yeah
1: and 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 that all all natural resources would be nationalized um so you hear these things, you see them in the media, and in Australia um we have a tendency to not know Latin America very well um so um you 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 tend to sort of read into the headlines and and uh, I guess it it has the effect that it has, and people open the articles and bloomberg and reuters and s and p and these kind of media outlets um, get their win. Um, It's just unfortunate that they're not reporting when, such as uh, two weeks ago, um, all 13 uh, first recommendations were rejected by the Congress. Um, In fact, um, very few have actually made it through um, the congressional uh, process. So the the Congress has a very important um, safety net in that there is a required two-third majority for any of these proposals um, to have to be able to pass before they're even put to Parliament uh, to be considered in this constitutional review. So I, I guess that that what that means is that there is a very sensible process going on here, um, all of the very far left and crazy ideas that are being proposed that would um, ultimately lead to the um, destruction of the Chilean economy um, mm. if they were to actually be carried, um, that none of these things are passing um, it's just unfortunate the media is not reporting when these things are rejected. So uh, I think the last of the real key things that everyone is watching is the um, recommendation on the um, nationalisation of resources. Very interestingly, uh, two days ago, that was just rejected via a two-thirds majority. Um, yeah, there you go. Unfortunately, that was not reported widely <laughs> in the press either, <laughs> um, Barry, but, but, but at the moment you would be asking anyone on the street here and they would say, oh, no, Chile is going to nationalise its resources. Well, that mm. was just rejected um, and it okay. didn't pass two-thirds majority. There is a second and final vote going on very shortly for that and I just hope that the media, um, if it is rejected, will report that and uh, and we'll get on with life. But, you know, Chile is a, is a tier one jurisdiction. All of the largest mining companies in the world are there. Um, it provides uh, 30% of global... Copper supply and a big chunk of global lithium supply. It's hard to see how the world goes to decarbonization and electrification without Chile's contribution. Mm. So, uh, I think that you could probably take some 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 very good leads from what BHP has just done, and it's just invested a hundred million dollars in uh, in Philo mining uh, to take a five percent position in that high endean project in Chile. Um, Glencore's investment in hot Chili and and its recent uh offtake agreement that it's just done with hot Chili probably suggests that the major mining companies are are, are, uh, are quite comfortable with what's going on in chile and and look i think it's a healthy process that chile is going through mm, but, for Sure, you know that uh that will play out
0: yeah well we did it ourselves with the mining tax there for a while didn't we so yeah
1: a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the australians forget yeah. that that um we uh, <laughs> we were in the same position in the last cycle, and the rest of the world was laughing at Australia. So, yeah. uh, what what comes around goes around, Barry, and um, it's Chile's turn at the moment.
0: Yeah, now, look, I'm a, a sucker for clickbait as much as the next person, um, but. When when I frame things in my mind around Chile, I just say to myself, "Well, South Thirty Two must have spent must have done a deep dive into uh, what's going on in Chile before spending what was it two and a half billion dollars acquiring a non controlling interest in Sierra Gorda." So
1: that's exactly right. You know, th- th- you know that's a producing asset. Obviously, it's a bit different to our situation, um, but you know that's a, that's, a, that's that that in, that investment is is is. Is very telling. It's a it's a 20 year mine life. Um, production head grades are around 0. 0.42 uh, percent copper, um, and they bought 45 percent of the asset to get into Chile. So, look, these are all very good signals for where the copper sector is going, um, and very good signals for Chile. Um, our recent roadshow just up in Canada was interesting. We, we we finished each of the presentations and and spoke about. Um, these these uh these noises coming out of the um constitutional congress, et cetera, and, and and taxes and whatnot. And uh it was amazing the uh the level of understanding that the North Americans have in regard to Chile. Um really it's their backyard for investment and um and it appears the North American market is very comfortable with what's going on. So um it would be uh be good for uh the Australian market to um to really lift up in its educational levels. On, uh, on what's happening in the third, um, in one of the top three mining countries of the world. Um, because now I, I guess the Australians are really arriving in, in LATAM, um, a lot of lithium investment, um, increasing copper and gold investment in LATAM by the Australian market. So, um, you know, I see a very, very bright future for Australian and uh, Latin American cross investment in the mining sector.
0: Mm, okay. Now, from What we've already discussed is quite clear that uh, 2022 is a year rich in catalysts for the company as it goes through this re-rating process and marches or heads off towards production in five years or so. But just so uh, we can finish up uh, and give investors a clear idea uh, of what those catalysts, remaining catalysts after the uh, resource upgrade, are for the rest of 2022.
1: Yeah, no, sure, Barry. Well, we've obviously uh, delivered delivered quite a few in the first quarter um, Mm. on time and within guidance. The resource upgrade was something significant that we we're working towards. Um, what sits in front of us now is is, is a very very um, structured set of goals that we've set for ourselves. Um, we have an internal PEA and scoping study um, that is uh, that is nearing completion also, and was just waiting for the input from this um, significant resource upgrade. Um, that that we'll, we'll look at that and determine whether that uh, will go into the market. Before the pre-feasibility, uh, if it does, then it's about just providing guidance on the uh, forecast economics of this dramatically expanded copper hub that we're building. Mm. Uh, if we do decide to do that, then uh, then then that will come out um, within the coming months after this resource grade has, upgrade has been announced. But it will be probably the shortest time frame between a PEA and a pre-fees coming out. So it's not something that we're uh, factoring into to put in the market, but. Um, We'll 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 take a view on that in the coming couple of months. Um, The pre-feasibility and the next resource upgrade for Costa Fuego that will hopefully take this project over, uh, 1 billion tonnes of combined material, uh, that is due in the third quarter of this year. We're on track. Um, All of our metallurgical streams, geotechnical, geometallurgical, cost engineering, uh, both capital and operating costs, all of that work is, is really gathering pace. Our team is over in Chile at the moment on the ground with, with Wood, our lead engineer that is working with the company on that pre-feasibility. And, and so far, a number of the big opportunities that we're, that we're really going after hard um, are starting to produce some very positive results, particularly key on metallurgy. That's been a big focus for us. Uh, we have a big opportunity to go after uh, Low-grade sulfide stockpiles, which uh, you would normally treat at the end of a mine life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're looking at uh, the various um, sulfide leach technologies and, and that may well offer us significant upside. So some of those work streams are going um, very well and we're uh, we're hoping that that will, um, will really lead into a very positive pre-feasibility. But the most important thing to get right, was upgrading all of that material into indicated,
0: mm. so it
1: could make itself into a, into a mining reserve. So look, the really the key catalysts left are the pre-feasibility and another resource upgrade in the third quarter. Potentially a PEA scoping that might come out um, earlier than that, and ultimately, in the background, we have a very active drilling program going on. Three drill rigs on the ground, ten million dollars being spent over the next eighteen months on exploration on new targets. Um, which is exciting we'll find out whether we've got a third large scale um, discovery in our land holdings and about another ten million dollars going into the development drilling and, and resource development growth um, the rest of the money that uh, that we have um, some thirty to forty million dollars available to the company um, giving us that eighteen month security on 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 our expenditure um, that is really just all going in towards the development studies
0: okay there you go folks a a significant uh, copper gold producer in uh, both ASX terms and uh, certainly uh, world terms in the making there and uh, passing uh, the milestone steadily on its way, its way eventually to a final investment decision and in production in uh, four or five years' time. So with that, Christian, thanks very much for your time. I know it was a bit trying on you after that 30-hour uh, return flight from Toronto, but uh, rest up. For the rest of the day and we'll catch up with you soon
1: great barry looking forward to um catching up in person soon
0: cheers